It's good to see everyone here today at the Willow Avenue Church of Christ. If you're visiting, we're glad that you are here. I do see that we have some visitors, and we want you to feel welcome. We meet again tonight at 6 o'clock. I won't be here tonight because I will be speaking at the East End Congregation in McMinnville, but uh, Brother Dwight Fuqua will be speaking. In fact, Brother Dwight is here with us this morning, and I hate that I'm going to miss him, but we invite you to be back tonight at 6 as he will be continuing our summer series. I'm going to begin this morning in Luke chapter 17 and verse number 11. Luke 17 and verse number 11. The Bible says, Now it happened as he, Jesus, went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then, as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when they saw him, he said to them, so when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Now, brethren, there are several things in this account that are fascinating to observe. First, it is interesting for us to observe how thankless mankind can be. These are individuals who had perhaps the most serious skin condition that was known to mankind, and that is leprosy. They were in pain. They were outcast from society. And when they were healed, they did not even return to say thank you or to say, we appreciate it. Secondly, it is interesting to observe that the Lord was quite conscious of this fact. It does not go without notice that Jesus was not only aware of their ingratitude, but he verbalizes their ingratitude. Ladies and gentlemen, God watches for our thankfulness. Thirdly, it is certainly worth noting that by not returning to say thank you, Jesus said that they had failed to give glory to God. And that's what we do when we fail to say thank you. We fail to give God glory. Friends, there is a powerful, powerful lesson in these few short verses, and that lesson is to fail to be thankful to God is to bring the scorn of God. It is very interesting that the nine who failed to express thanks to God were his own people. They were his own children. May that never be said of us. Brethren, I want to tell you that there needs to be a lot more gratitude in the United States of America because we as a nation, I'm not talking about Christians, but we as a nation are some of the most thankless people on this planet. And I don't know why that is. Maybe the irony is that our ingratitude is because we are so richly blessed. Isn't that a very strange thing? You know, if you give a child everything that he wants... He never learns to appreciate it. If he always gets his way, 
He comes to expect it. And I think that maybe we have fallen into that trap as a country. I read a story about a man who was always thankful for his shoes. A true story. When he was asked one day, why are you always thankful for your shoes? This is what he said. He said, when I was a boy growing up during the, the de Depression, he said, my parents could not afford to buy me new shoes. And so when my shoes got worn out and they had holes in the bottom, he said, I would put cardboard in the bottom of my shoes. And so when I would walk through the rain or the snow, they would get wet and soggy, and I would have to keep replacing the cardboard. And he said, and since that time, I've never forgotten that. I've always been thankful for shoes because I always remember what it was like to have holes in my soles. You see, his point of reference was his childhood and his memory of the worn-out shoes. And if we will think of times that we have done without, maybe it will help us to be more thankful for what we have. And maybe that's our problem in this country is that we seldom do without because we are so very rich. That's why God told the children of Israel to remember how he had brought them out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 14. He wanted them to experience a reference point in their minds, a point that they could look back to and cause them to be thankful. I've entitled the sermon this morning, An Attitude of Gratitude, Developing an Attitude of Gratitude. And friends, this is a very serious thing with God. When we go to the Bible, we learn that ingratitude and unthankfulness are marks of a degenerate society. In fact, I want you to listen to this. This is 2 Timothy chapter 3. I want you to notice what the Apostle Paul says beginning in verse number 1. He says, This know that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to their parents. Now notice this, unthankful and unholy. Now, you might expect when you find this catalog of sins, you might expect to find words such as covetous, blasphemers, unholy, but then you see the word unthankful. That's a little bit surprising. Friends, God does not look very kindly on those who always expect to be given something, and then when they are given something, they fail to return thanks to Him who gave it. Here's the first point in the lesson today. The Bible teaches us to have, and indeed God expects us to have, a heart of thanksgiving. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15 says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Colossians 4 and verse 2, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. And this, thanks, this thanksgiving, this thankfulness, should be a significant part of our prayer life. Ephesians 5 and verse 20, Giving thanks always for all the things uh, unto God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18, Pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks, for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ concerning you. And so we see that this heart of thanksgiving is not something that is optional. 
To be an ingrate is to be disobedient, and to be disobedient is to be lost, and so to be unthankful is to be lost in the sight of God. But you know, not only are we taught by direct command, we're also taught by example to be thankful. You know, Jesus prayed on numerous occasions to the Father, thanking Him for various things, not the least of which was He prayed before He ate, before the food. In Mark chapter 8 and verse 6, the Bible says, He commanded the people to sit down on the ground, and He took seven loaves, and He gave thanks, and He broke, and He gave to His disciples, and set before them. Friends, whenever you sit down to a meal, do you thank God for the food? You know, you can tell a lot by the actions of children if they're used to praying before they eat. If you ever go out and eat with someone or you go to their house and you see them, if they start eating immediately, you know something. Parents, make sure that you teach your children to pray before they eat. Make sure that they realize God has blessed us and at a very young age, start teaching them to be grateful. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 21 says that he, Christ, has given us an example that we should walk in his footsteps, and he was thankful, and so we should be thankful. Numerous examples could be given from the Bible. David was a man who constantly raised his voice in gratitude and thanksgiving. Psalm 100 and verse 4, we find throughout the Psalms, David is thanking God. Daniel was a man who kneeled in prayer and gave thanks to God three times a day, Daniel 6 and verse 10. Paul said about the Philippian brethren, Philippians chapter 1 and verse 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. And he taught them, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And so this heart of thankfulness is a characteristic of men of God. Ingratitude is a characteristic of of wicked men, degenerate people who have left God. Now, these things being true, we as Christians ought to be concerned with how to overcome ingratitude. Or, or to put it more positively, how do we develop an attitude of gratitude? That's what I want to do for the rest of the sermon. I want to give you five words to help us develop a heart of appreciation, a heart of thankfulness, or, as we sometimes like to say it in a rhyming way, an attitude of gratitude. We're going to give five points to help us develop gratitude. The first point is, we need to remember to never forget. Friends, in a day of such great abundance and the constant desire for more, it is easy for us to receive blessings and to quickly quickly forget them. You know, today I get an Amazon package in the mail. Tomorrow I get two more in the mail. And we get to the point that we so take for granted these things, we don't stop and remember. The first thing we need to do is to remember to never forget. The psalmist said in Psalm 103 and verse 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. What he said is this, I need to remember. I can't forget the blessings that God has given me. And if I'm ever going to have a heart of gratitude, I need to remember. You know, in Genesis chapter 40, you remember that Joseph is thrown into prison by Potiphar. And while he's there, he befriends a butler. 
He helps the butler. The butler then gets out of prison. And Genesis chapter 40 and verse 23 says, Yet the butler did not remember Joseph, but he forgot him. Where was the gratitude? Where was the thank you? It left with the words, but he forgot him. Brethren, we need to remember. It has been well said, blessed are they who give without remembering and those who receive without forgetting. Number two, we need to reflect. We need to reflect on the blessings. Oftentimes we are so thankless because we are so thoughtless. We don't thank because we don't think. We don't stop to appreciate the commonplace and ordinary blessings that we have. I saw a video that was going around the internet a while back, and it's kind of strange until you get to the end. It shows a man, and he's lying in bed, and he wakes up and he can't see, and he pulls wrapping paper off of his face. And then he goes to the bathroom, and he gets in the shower, and his shower head is covered in wrapping paper, and he pulls it off. And he goes down to his kitchen, and his coffee cup is in wrapping paper. And he walks outside, and his car is covered in wrapping paper. And he is thrilled, and he says, I have a car. And then the point of the video is that we should appreciate the commonplace and ordinary gifts that we have every day. I really like the video because it makes you stop and think. The shower's a gift. The coffee's a gift. The car is a gift. Brother, what I'm saying is this. We need to do like the song says, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Oprah Winfrey wrote something, and I rarely ever quote Oprah Winfrey, but I'm going to do it this morning because she said something that I think is good advice. Oprah Winfrey said that we need to keep a grateful journal. She said she does that. She said every night she lists five things for which she is thankful. And she said this, let, this is the quote, she said, what it will begin to do is to change your perspective of your day and of your life. If we can learn to focus on what we have, you will always see the universe as abundant and you will have more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, then you will never have enough. Brethren, what she's saying is exactly what we're talking about today. We need to count our blessings and we need to realize the source of those blessings. James 1 and verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights. Every blessing that we have comes from God. Number three, we need to recognize what we do have instead of always focusing on what we don't have. I believe that one of the contributing factors to ingratitude in this country is people are always thinking about what they don't have instead of stopping to count the blessings that they do have. And so because of that, for some people, there is a constant dissatisfaction in life because what they don't have. Brethren, that attitude is very much not biblical. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 8 says, And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. Hebrews 13 and verse 5 says, Be content with such things as you have. Now, we know these verses, but all too often we forget. 
Rather than being thankful and happy for the remarkable blessings that we do have, we think about the things that we lack. I read something, and I I saved this. I wrote it down because I thought it was really good. It was entitled, Do You Have Anything to Be Thankful For? Let me read it to you. Even though I clutch my blankets and groan when the alarm goes off each morning, thank you, Lord, that I can hear there are those who are deaf. Even though I keep my eyes tightly closed against the morning light as long as possible, thank you, Lord, that I can see there are many who are blind. Even though the first hour of the day is hectic and socks are lost and toast is burnt and tempers are short, thank you, God, for my family. There are those who are lonely. Even though our table never looks like the pictures in the magazines and the menu at times is unbalanced, thank you, Lord, for the food we have. There are many who are hungry. Even though the routine of my job is often monotonous, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to work. There are many who are unemployed. Even though I am tired at the end of the day, my back and my legs hurt, and I've been on my feet all day, thank you, Lord, that I can walk. There are those who cannot stand. Thank you, God, for dirty dishes. They have a tale to tell. While other folks are hungry, we are eating very well. With homes and health and happiness, we shouldn't want to fuss, for this stack of evidence shows that God has been very good to us. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to recognize the remarkable blessings that we do have rather than focusing on what we don't have, especially as Christians we need to do that. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. I want to challenge you this week as a Christian to count your spiritual blessings. There is the Son of God, the incomparable church, the Holy Bible and all of the blessings that are associated with that, the precious promises to come, the sustaining hope of heaven. We could go on and on. You sit down and do that and see if you don't feel like a rich person. There was an old Christian who was called upon by the tax assessor to determine the amount of taxes he had to pay. And the tax assessor asked the man what property he owned And the tax man listed these possessions. The man said, I have the remission of sins, Acts 2.38. I have a mansion in heaven, John 14.2. I have the peace that passes all understanding, Philippians 4.7. I have joy unspeakable, 1 Peter 1.8. I have the divine love that never fails, 1 Corinthians 13.8. I have a faithful, pious wife, Proverbs 31.10. Devoted children, Exodus 20 and verse 12. I have true, loyal friends, Proverbs 18, 24. I have songs in the night, Psalm 42, 8. A crown of life, James 1, 12. I have a Savior, Jesus Christ, who supplies all my needs freely, Philippians 4, 9. Closing his book, the tax assessor said, You truly are a wealthy man, but I can't tax any of those things. He said, Your possessions are are 100% profit. Friends, we need to realize what we do have instead of always focusing on what we don't have. Now, the next point is likened to it, but we need to realize how detestable ingratitude is. 
I really want to drive this point home because in America, we don't give this a second thought. We moan about what we don't have, and we think that that's okay. But friends, this is sickening to God. Let me show you some verses here. Romans chapter 1, one of the many black and vicious sins in the list of, of the ancient Gentiles, in verse number 21, he says, neither were they thankful. We mentioned in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul says, in the last days perilous times shall come, and he gives a list of transgressions among which he lists those who are unthankful. I believe one of the things that would help us overcome ingratitude is if we would view this the way that God views this. See, I think we don't think of this as a serious thing, but God views this amongst the most vicious of vices and the most tragic of transgressions. Ingratitude is also a sign of spiritual immaturity. You know, infants don't appreciate what their parents do for them. Infants have very short memories. Children, babies, they don't think about what you did for them yesterday. They only think about what they want right now. And so it is with the spiritual infant. One who is unthankful is one who needs to grow up. You know, if you think about a child who is never appreciative, a child who is never thankful, a child who is given everything that he wants on a silver platter and never says thank you, never shows any appreciation, how do you feel about a child like that? That's the same way the Lord feels. You think about these ten lepers that we read about a moment ago. How do you feel when you hear the Lord ask the question, where are the nine? Shakespeare wrote, blow, blow, thou bitter wind, thou art not so unkind as a man's ingratitude. Friends, it will help us overcome ingratitude if we can begin to see it for what it really is, if we can begin to see it the way that God sees it. And that is something that is detestable. Here's the last point. We need to relate our gratitude. That is, we need to express it. Now, two ways. First, we need to express our gratitude verbally. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, we are instructed to give thanks. Not just feel thanks. Not just think thanks. We should feel it. We should thank it. We should think it. But we also need to say it. And not only to God, we need to say it to other people. You know, the day of thank you cards seems to be dying. And that's a sad thing. We need to teach our children to say thank you. We need to teach them to send thank you cards. Psalm 107 Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. A preacher was sitting in his office, and he was tired and weary from the cares of the day. And his little girl came in, and she sat down in his lap, and she said, Daddy, I didn't come to ask you for anything. I just came to tell you that I love you. And it so warmed the preacher's heart that he forgot about the troubles of the day. You know, in a like manner, God is a father, and he too desires for his children to express their love and gratitude. We need to learn to do this first verbally with our words, but secondly, we need to express our gratitude by the way that we live. 
In Psalm 116 and verse 2, David asked the question, What shall I give unto the Lord for all of His benefits toward me? What's the answer? We need to give our love to God. We need to give Him our time, our talents, our money, our gratitude, and our all. We need, now listen to this. We need to turn our thanksgiving into thanksliving. You know the old saying, talk is cheap. If we are really thankful to God, we need to show Him. We need to show Him with our words, but we also need to show Him by living our life as if we owe Him everything. Because we do, you know. George Herbert prayed, Our Father, you have given us so much. Please, Lord, give us one more thing. That is a grateful heart. Brethren, may that be the prayer and the goal of each of us, that we may have an attitude of gratitude, a heart of gratitude. This morning, if you really want something to be thankful for, I want you to consider this. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. You know what that means? If you're a Christian, if you are in Christ and you are faithful, the Bible says you are going to heaven. There is no condemnation. If you are a child of God, you are clean and you are pure. And I can't think of anything to be more thankful for than that. If you are not a member of the Church of Christ this morning, you still have something to be thankful for, and that is the fact that you're still alive. God has given you another chance this morning to have this same blessing by obeying Him. This morning, do you want to do that? Do you want to obey the gospel and become a member of Christ's church to be in Christ? You can do that by obeying the gospel, hearing, believing, repenting, confessing, and being baptized. This morning, if you want to do that, we're ready to assist you. If you're here this morning and you don't know what to do and you want to have a study, let us know. We would be delighted to do that. This morning, maybe you're a Christian and you've got sin in your life, and maybe this morning you want to come forward, confess that, and ask for the prayers of your brethren on your behalf. We would be pleased if we could go to God on your behalf. This morning, if you need to respond to the Lord's invitation, won't you come as together we stand and sing the invitation song?